Hey there, I'm Lee Rowley, and this is Lee After Dark. Why? Because there's more to being a business leader than just business. Each week, one brave entrepreneur ejects the elevator pitch and tells us about, well, whatever they want to talk about. Today, I have with me Dave McDonald. Dave, how are you? I'm doing well, Lee. How you doing, man? I am doing fantastic. I, I, I forgot to ask before we started recording, do you prefer Dave or David? Uh, Dave works. Okay. Thank you. Very cool. Okay, well, Dave, the rules are simple. For the next 20 minutes, we can discuss anything you want except your business. If you're successful, you'll have five minutes afterward to pitch your fool head off. <laughs> but each time you slip up and talk about your business, you'll lose one minute of pitch time at the end. You ready? I'm ready, man. All let's right, go. well, let's go ahead and start the timer. And what are we getting into for the next 20 minutes? The next 20 minutes is uh, a passion of mine outside of work is home brewing and the craft beer kind of culture around it. Ah, okay. This should be, this should yes. be good. Yes. It, it, it's fun, man. So I uh, randomly got into it like 10 years ago. My father-in-law gave me a home brew kit for Christmas. And kind of ever since then, it, it opened up like a, a whole new world. I'm a big creative. Um, I love the idea of creating something. And beer was uh, an extension of that because uh, obviously we enjoy a few pops now and again. Um, but it's been, it's been amazing. Home brewing itself is, is a challenge. It's creative. It's fun. And then the culture of craft beer is, uh, is like no other. I'm interested in hearing about this culture because I, I, I know just enough about it to, to know that I don't know anything. Uh, but, you know, before we do that, I want to talk about like that first home brew kit. Uh, how'd that first one go? amazing which really? is yeah which is not normally what you would hear the one thing when i got into it people were like you have to sanitize if you don't sanitize things can go terribly wrong okay so i was incredibly neurotic with making sure everything was as clean as possible so i think that's why it went so well you hit a home run the first time so well, no wonder you were uh, so excited about it that's fantastic uh, my, my wife and i tried to make wine a few times and all of them it was just a dismal failure but was it tough yeah well you know it's just you know, lack of patience more than anything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we got lucky. This first kit I had basically is uh, is a clone. So I, it was, I brewed a magic hat number nine clone. Okay. So it's all the ingredients in magic hat number nine. So you can't really screw it up. You're following a recipe at that point. Gotcha. Uh, okay. But yeah, no, it, it turned out awesome. Well, that's fantastic. And, and yeah, that's not something that I hear too often from people who try to, to brew or, or make wine at home. Uh, usually those first few experiences. Oh, there's, are, there's are been dreadful. some mess ups. Okay. Because then you, you do the one and you kind of have a little bit of like, oh, I can do this. <laughs> and you get a little bit more creative with the next couple and you're like, oh, I mean, I've had some that taste like a sneaker and it's just, nope, got to dump that one. <laughs> We're two minutes in, and I think I just spit coffee. Or no, no it's tea. Oh, well, it'll be all right. That's great. So, wow, very cool. Uh, so, uh, you started to talk about the subculture before I derailed you. So, tell me about that. Yeah, so that's uh, so that one is kind of twofold for me. So, first of all, once I got into the home brewing, you just started to connect with people that liked to try to drink different beers other than a normal yellow beer. We would call it. Okay. So. At that point, it was a lot of uh, the culture was a lot of people that were trying to experiment. What's different? What can I try out there? I don't necessarily mm. want to throw down eight, nine, 10 beers, but I like to go out somewhere and try three or four of them. You know, let's see what it's doing, how they can get all these flavors in, um, you know, and then you get a buzz at the end, which is, you know, a little kick extra. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so the experimentation is the big excitement for those people. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> you know, and, okay. and I had a personal liking to it because I, uh, I had started a company years ago that was in the craft brew space. So I, it ended up falling in love with the people behind it. Cause once you, you start talking to these breweries and, and brewers, they're, they're fathers and sons, daughters and, and brothers, best friends, cousins that just get together and, and make this really amazing product, which has so much story in it. So for wow. me, just, I, I love that. I love walking into a brewery and you'll just, just see how they design a place. There's something about that that means a lot to them. And then trying the different beers, you can get a feel for some of them will brew certain things because that's what the public wants. But then you kind of get a feel for what are their favorites and what, what went into that, how they screwed up, what was the amazing <laughs> aha moment. Um, so yeah, just I love, love sitting down with a brewer and just picking their brain. Do you have any particularly memorable stories that you've heard that you know, inspired or impacted what you do as far as home brewing? Um, or people the, that you've met, you know? Yeah, the, the biggest takeaway I had is that these, uh, as much as the brewers like to experiment, they like to try to make different beers, big beers, as in boozy beers, or just unique ingredients. A lot of them also come back to like just a, what's a really good, simple beer that they like to make. Um, so a lot of them will drink like Kolsch's, which is a traditional German style beer. Just something clean, crisp, nothing too fancy, but just really, really good and consistent. Um, so that, that would be the biggest takeaway is like it's fun to experiment and to explore, but it's also nice to come back to a nice little staple that you kind of can either you brew yourself or you pick yourself that you just enjoy. For me, it's, it's a pale ale. Pale ale. Okay. Yeah, Simple pale ale is uh, something I really enjoy. There's obviously a lot of hazy IPAs. New England IPAs has been a craze for like five, six, seven, eight years now. Um, they were exciting at first, but they're getting a little old in my opinion. Um, sure. But just, yeah, nice, simple, clean, easy drinking beer is really nice. I understand that. I understand. So I, I drink my coffee black for the same reason. It's just, you know, it's, Getting the fancy stuff's okay once in a while, but you're, it's, it's good to have that staple. Yeah, and um, coffee is very similar. You can try different yeah. black coffees at a couple different spots. You're, you're tasting yeah. the same type of roasting slash brewing process. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So uh, in experimentation, you know, and I don't know if this is, there are too many to list within the span of time we have here, but what are the main components that, that, uh, that allow for experimentation? For somebody who doesn't really understand the brewing process. Basically, you're, you're going to be experimenting with different hops. Different hops are going to give off different flavors on the front end and the okay. back end. Um, that also will depend on when you are dropping the hops in the boil, whether you're doing it on the, on the first half or the second half. All that will just change flavor profiles of the beer. Okay. And then, and then the, the sugars itself, because basically with, without sugar, you, you have no beer. The yeast eats the sugar and essentially poops out alcohol. <laughs> and that's how beer is made. So experimenting with the sugar can be kind of fun because you can get a feel for whether you're going to throw some different fruits in there that are different sugar profiles they have or, or some different extracts. Um, I saw one of these local brewers up by us did a cinnamon toast crunch uh, spice red ale. So he poured a few mm. hundred boxes of cinnamon toast crunch cereal and was trying to get the flavor from that in his beer. And he, he was successful. It's actually a terrific beer. Um, a but few it's fun. hundred. Yeah. 
wow, I can, I can see trucking out of Aldi's with, you know, 300 bucks <laughs> <All laughs> right. of a toast crunch or whatever. Wow. That's the, that had to be a sight to see, but I, I'm glad that it turned out fantastically. Yeah. Well, those, yeah, those guys are on a level, you know, I'll, I'm nowhere near app, but it's, it's pretty cool to see them takes uh, a random ingredient like that and successfully blend it into a product. So it actually, it tastes good. It not, it doesn't taste uh, gimmicky or fake. It actually, it flows well with the style. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so have you take ever, have you ever tasted somebody's home, home brew that just kind of where it's at that different level and you're like, okay, I got to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Um, I had a friend of mine who made a, uh, just a, a really clean, um, Pilsner and it just, um, it just, I don't know the lack of better description. It tasted like a really professional beer, if that makes any sense. Okay. So sometimes with your homebrew, you could, you're going to have a little bit of off flavor. Sometimes your carbonation won't really be where you need it to be. Um, sometimes it'll be a little too bubbly. Sometimes it'll be a little more flat. Yeah. Um, but he brewed a beer that it's like, I would pay money right now for a pint of this. So that was really cool. So for him, it was just going back and um, his was, it was a lot about timing, a lot about temperature control um, as you're pitching okay. the yeast, uh, making sure that most of those stay alive and then, and then controlling um, your beer as it's fermenting temperature, things of that nature. Oh, okay. Okay. So there are a lot of variables in there that, that you have to keep an eye on. And even the slightest variations, as I understand it, can produce vastly different effects. Yeah. No, I mean, Ruin once, the entire batch. That's it. I mean, once you're, once you actually make your, once you're brewing your beer with cold wort and you're, you're taking it off the boil, you need to get that down to a particular temperature before you pitch the yeast. And that varies depending on the type of yeast you're using. But if you don't and you put that in too hot, it'll kill the yeast. And then without okay. yeast, there's no beer. Yeah, that's just yucky water at that point, I think, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, just mucky yucky. <laughs> oh, that's really... Oh, I can't, I can't imagine that. Uh, it, it sounds absolutely dreadful, though. It's tough, Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So, you know, we've, we've, we've covered the, uh, uh, a little bit about the, the culture. Um, you know, what else you got into in terms of the home brewing industry or anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. Well, no, the, uh, like I said, the, the, the culture has been a lot of fun for me and, and yeah. brewing itself. Um, but like I mentioned in the, uh, when you first reach out to me, for me, it's just a matter of, of, of getting out there in the world outside of your business and your work you're doing and just what's, what's fun with no agenda. Uh, I think that's so important as you're trying to build something that you need to take a break from it because it's, it's just part of who you are. It's not who you are. Um, and I think, I think a lot of people are missing that. It's super important. Uh, and I can relate in, in there have been times in you know, my, my career uh, as a copywriter where I'm just like, Oh my goodness, I'm so consumed by it. Uh, and that is, there's just no room for anything else. And you know, you run empty pretty quickly when that happens. Oh, it's totally. just, you know, you can't do your best work when you're in that constant state of stress. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's definitely overlooked. Obviously mental health is becoming a big topic now, um, is. which is terrific to hear. Mm -hmm. And I know even like, uh, on another scale, I'm a father, I've, my wife and I have two little kids, five and three. And we can't be the best parents to them without first being the best us. And right. I feel like that's missed out a lot because you got to, 
you got to be true to who you are, what you like to do, experiment, explore that to be fully in of what you need to be, whether it's business or being parent. That is true. That is true. So, you know, how do you balance all that out? How do you find that time and energy for you to recharge? And I'm not saying there's no right or wrong answer. I'm just, you know, as far as from your perspective, what's that look like in your world? Uh, Well, it's definitely intentional. It's got to be scheduled in. Okay. Um, So whether it could be something as, as commonplace as meditating in the morning um, or outside of the home brewing, I'm also outside of business work. I'm also in real estate as well. So I'm, I'm flipping a couple homes. So for me, okay. that's, that's another area of work that I really enjoy. That's more of a long-term uh, wealth that we're working to build. Okay. But that's intentional. That's part of my week that I need to get to my properties. And whether I'm, I'm fixing up or finishing a project here or starting something there, that's, that work is also something that I like to unplug and kind of takes another part of, of who I am building. Okay. Okay. Uh, you talked about uh, meditation. Uh, what's that for you? Is it, I mean, are, are we talking, you know, a traditional meditation? How do you, you know, do you have a specific practice that you prefer? Yeah, I use a, um, I, I prefer guided meditation. Okay. Um, I haven't gotten to the point where I can just kind of shut everything out, just listen to a little music or no music at all and kind of just blend. I like being guided. Um, I have a, there's a podcast that I listen to I think it's called like uh, meditation minis. Um, it's a woman named Shell Hamilton, and okay. she does just a, a usually a quick little five minute thing, which is perfect um, for me and what I need. Um, and that's that does wonders. Um, I know when I first started meditating, you couldn't do it, and then you went to a phase where shit, I fell asleep. <laughs> you had to like set a timer so you're not sleeping through the day. And then, but now we got into a good point when you get in a rhythm, we just, everything kind of shuts down. You kind of enter this other uh, realm of just relaxation and then you can click back out and kind of refresh your day. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, it's a topic that comes up with a lot of guests on here. I, you know, it may just be because everybody tries it or uh, it may just be because that's the kind of people this show attracts. But, uh, you know, it, it's, everybody has a different interpretation of, of yeah. what they consider. Uh, I, I talked to a lady uh, a few episodes ago who uh, said she felt like she was meditating when she was kite surfing in Morocco. Uh, oh, totally. you know, so, you know, and, and just that being in the moment and, and you know, I've kind of almost come to the conclusion that anytime you're present and in the moment is meditation. So, I mean, you know, to me, you know, what you do with home brewing, you know, yeah, that would be a form of meditation because that's what you're not, you're not, you're not worried about what's going to happen or what happened, you know, this, at your business this morning or whatever. You're there in that moment. Yeah, no, it's, uh, they talk a lot about it. I don't know who coined the phrase, but when you're in flow state, mm-hmm. when things are coming so easily to you. So uh, like your colleague that you're talking about with the kite surfing, uh, mm-hmm. I've always played basketball growing up. So I'm in a men's league as well. Oh, okay. When, when I step on that court, it's like nothing else matters, whether mm-hmm. it's work, whether it's family, you know, nothing. When I'm there, it just kind of, I'm so present. Um, and it's, you know, that's, I, I think you're right. I think that is also probably a form of meditation where you're just, you're in the moment and nothing else is kind of deterring you. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that's become uh, kind of a, a central 
thing for me because I see so many people who think that it has to be this, you know, they picture the monks on the, you know, in the caves and the, right. you know, the back's perfectly straight and you think, and you know, you, you sit there and you try not to think. And it's like, what? you can't try not to think that's not going to work. Right. You know, because the, you know, the thoughts that you're generating from trying not to think are thinking, ah, that doesn't work. And, and so I see people get hung up on this and I got hung up on it for years of this, like the mechanics of it and really missing the point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I first uh, was introduced to it in, in Taekwondo. And in fact, it was one of these things like, you know, for my first degree black belt, I had to do like a four hour meditation. And then uh, for the second degree black belt, it was, you know, I forget what six hours or something grueling anyway. Wow. But it ended up, I, I ended up learning that, you know, later that like it really didn't do as much good as I could wanted it to, or that maybe it should have because there was a goal at the end to get okay. that black belt, to get that goodie, you know? And yeah, so yeah. that changes the whole scope of the meditation. So I'm sorry, I got us off on that tangent, but that's one of those things I. No, but it's true though. Come, I think, I think it just has to be something to just be, be still. I th- obviously, we're consumed by technology. I don't think anybody ever leaves the house without their cell phone on their pocket. I got the watch on my wrist. So it's, you're always plugged in. So I think it's really healthy to take a couple minutes, whether it's basketball, kite surfing, drawing, meditating, home brewing, and just kind of just take a break from all that. Mm. Absolutely. So you got another uh, three minutes to cover anything you want. So okay. <laughs> anything else to throw at me, uh, you know, to keep going. Yeah. The clock here. Yeah. Well, like I said, this is, this has been cool. My biggest takeaway just for, for the people listening uh, was really just to know that it's okay to do something without any intention. You know, and I, I think that's the cool part of this show that you put together where it's exploring outside of business. Like what else do we do for fun? Mm-hmm. That it's, it's okay. Um, just because we're an adult doesn't mean we still can't play. I was talking to a, uh, a woman this morning, we have a call set up next week. And she, uh, I said, uh, at the end of our conversation, I said, happy Halloween. I was like, but can adults say that? Is that okay to say? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think that's just, you know, just need permission to go have fun. Cause it's not, doesn't it all need to be about business all the time, despite this, you know, hustle word that seems to be pushed out there so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's crazy how, especially in the West, how uh, busyness has become that badge of honor. Right. You know, it's just like almost if you're too busy for your for your wife and kids and you know, too busy to take vacations and too busy this and that, then you're somehow more productive than everybody else. But, you know, those aren't generally the people who are creating. No, no, it's a society thing, too. I mean, I'm 34. So I grew up with parents that that worked a nine to five or longer. And mm-hmm. they, that was the norm. And they did it for 25, 30 years with one company and retired. Yeah. You know, here I am, I'm freelancing on my own. I really don't have a set schedule besides a couple of appointments that I, that I make important throughout the day. And uh, sometimes my parents look at me and they're like, that's not what I did, but it's working <laughs> for you. And, you know, and then they love it. They're happy for me and they're excited for me, but it's, it's not what we were kind of grown up to see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. I'm I'm substantially older than that, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I did grow up in it. Yeah, it forty years retire with the gold watch and the pension if you're lucky. And now we're like, what's a pension? You know, right? What is a pension? <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I'd rather be out creating my own success. And uh, you know what? I know you are too. And speaking of that, 
you yeah. have just completed the, the After Dark 20-minute challenge. So hooray and confetti and all that. Nice. So I'm a man of my word. And because of that, uh, I'm now giving you five minutes to talk about your business, tell people how to get in contact with you, whatever you want to do, man. It's the floor is oh. yours. I appreciate that, man. So yeah, sure. so I created a company called Crafted 1K. It's taken a childhood dream of mine of, of cartooning and drawing cartoons and bringing it to light in a professional manner. So at Crafted 1K, we create custom cartoons to help you stand out in your content, whether you're, that's your social online content or your internal messaging to engage your team and employees. Um, cartoons and visuals are a fun way to get away from text and kind of engage in a moment. Um, so that's what we're doing. Um, you can see me on Instagram. It's Crafted Dave. And, or you can visit my website, crafted1k.com. You can sign up. I have a newsletter. It's my Saturday morning cartoons. So every week I'll create three, four, or five different cartoons. And Saturday mornings at eight o'clock, you get like a recap of all those cartoons. I loved watching, or not watching, but reading the cartoons um, in the newspaper in the mornings on, on the weekend. So this is kind of my way to bring it back. Yeah, that's really cool. I've already done some snooping on your Instagram. <laughs> so, you know. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah we're really, really cool there. stuff there. Thank yeah, you, that's man. cool, man. It. And uh, and uh, we'll put all those uh, links in the show notes too. Cool. Uh, so you know, we'll have all those so people can get in touch with you. Um, awesome. Any, anything else you want to tell the fine folks listening to Lee After Dark? No, I appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, you know, like he's about, just it's not all work. Get out there and do something fun. Uh, I I appreciate you going out on a lib and and doing this today. I really enjoyed uh, talking to you and, and learning about uh, uh, your experience with home brewing. So it's a absolutely it's a definitely a different world. Yeah, man. Um, oh, it's I, fun I, though. I enjoyed listening to it, and, and we'll have to circle back with the cartooning because that's a whole other thing. Yeah, uh, good point. Yeah. I'd be happy to talk more. Cool, man. So uh, in the meantime, we are out of time. So if you found the After Dark more entertaining and relevant than most of the drag out there, give our hosts over at ipmnation.com some love or subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever the heck else we put this show. This is Lee Rowley with my new friend, Dave McDonald. Until next time, be present and be well. <laughs>